Kiris Hiran, the host of the hour, first to follow the fox named Neve with books laid before the bear named M to read and retire around the long fire. I don't um, know if you just blew that really fast or if Discord's breaking. One of those is true. I blew through it really fast. Okay. Because <laughs> you did cut out for a second, and sometimes when it comes back, it comes back weirdly fast. Um, Discord, good software. Yeah. We're having one of those problem nights, I think. I hope not. Uh, we're here. Longfire. We got two sagas. Yeah, Actually, most a- importantly, if you're listening to this and you're not in the Abnormal Mapping Discord, you need to go right now. Go to abnormalmapping.com and uh, there's a join Discord link button right there. I don't imagine anyone listening to this is not in the Discord, but in books is one of our channels. There's a thread uh, that was started uh by uh Klausulin, who has the nice fancy editions of this book and is posting the numerous illustrations that we do not get and they're fucking sick yeah we got like three of the many yes. that were in uh Engling Asaga so um I do feel like the edition we have is like pulling from the same illustration yeah stuff well, but yeah, just, they have they literally have the same illustrations but only a couple yeah. of them uh, um like even like the chapter heading stuff i think is the same mm-hmm. um but yeah it's definitely way pared down on ours which i don't know if that's just like a rights issue or um it would just have to be a way larger volume if they put them all in i don't know yeah i don't know um i would hope it's a a rights issue and not that um Liam Hollander just decided that fall that like Edward Goryas falling in the vat of mead just didn't warrant inclusion. Yeah. Uh, that one was great. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, we, we read two sagas mostly because one of them is very short. Um, I don't know if we, if we want to get right into it. Yeah, we might as well. Um, so the first one is Halfdanar Saga Svarta, or the Saga of Halfdan the Black. Um, and, like, v- short summary of what's important here. Um, he has a kid named Haraldir, who's going to be the next guy. Uh, and he has some dreams. Um, we do get some, like, Here's the the various areas that come under his control, um, including he marries a woman named Ragnhilder, uh, who um, her dad dies, uh, and then um, Halfdan like takes over his area as well, so he like gets to expand a little bit. Uh, we've also get it <clears throat> got him uh, feuding a little bit with uh, Gandalfir. Um, my guess is Gandalf from from uh, Lord of the Rings is actually named after the dwarf in the the like. There's a list of just dwarf names that exist, um, but uh, also is coming up here is just like a, a dude's name. Um, and then uh, you know he he slays a a berserker and stuff. Um, I think that's about it. But yeah, the the most important things for like. Hamskringla as a broader text is just the two dreams he has or the dream he has and the dream that his wife has. Um, so uh, Queen Ragnhilder has this dream uh, about um, a like a twig 
that she has that she finds. It's like a thorn growing in her shirt and she plucks it and it turns into a twig. And then like one end uh, grows down to like plant into the ground and grows uh, roots. And then like, um, you know, goes high up into the air and branches uh, bloom from it. Um, And I think later on in... uh, the next saga, we're going to get a thing being like, this dream was probably about uh, Haralder Fairhair. Um, and then uh, the King Halfton has a dream about, uh, he has like um, all of this long hair. Well, one, he's like uh, vexed by the fact that he doesn't have dreams. I thought this was a great detail. Um, I rarely remember so, my dreams, so I, I am uh, yeah. sympathetic to this. Uh, I also very rarely remember my dreams. And he goes to Thorlivir the Wise, and Thorlivir is like, uh, go to the pigsty and sleep there, and then you'll have a dream. Like, anytime I sleep in the pigsty, I never fail to have a dream. Um, and so, uh, yeah, he has this dream of his hair all in ringlets, some are touching the ground, you know, at various lengths. Um, and there's one that, like, shines particularly brightly. Um, and that one, uh, people agree will, you know, is the, uh, lock that is like symboling, uh, sim- signifying St. Olivier, like the Holy King Olivier, who we're going to get, uh, later in this book. So, um, that's the main thing. We just get these like two big, um, prophetic dreams. I don't know if there's anything else in here that particularly uh, stood out to you. He also does drown. That part's great. Um, uh, kings love just eat shit. This is weird because it's like, <laughs> it feels not that dissimilar to the prior ones, just way longer, right? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, there, there's some, like, it almost feels like it could be a part of uh, Ingling Saga. Mm-hmm. Um Except that there's some research that has suggested that, like, the connection between Halfdan the Black and the the Inglings is, like, a line uh, was actually, like, invented in order to, like, tie it to this great long line that goes back to Odin. Um, okay. So, that, that could potentially be what's happening here. Um, I do we're like getting a, uh, an invasion bit. from a cat here. I do like the bit where uh, Halfdan's whole banquet disappears right as they're sitting down to eat. That would put me out of sorts as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah, this is somewhat pertinent to then uh, our next king, um, where uh, his son, who I think is like 10 at the time. Yes. um, uh, Haraldir, who is going to be the next saga guy. Um, he helps the, the Finn who like probably helped make the, the meal disappear, um, escape, uh, and goes with him. Um, and then, uh, I, I love this line of, uh, a mighty great affront. Your father thinks it is that I took some food from him this winter, but I shall reward you with some joyful news. Your father is dead now and you must return home. Um, I just love your father's dad being joyful news. Um, and then, uh, then you will have as your own all the realms he rules and all of Norway besides. Um, and then we learn that, uh, while crossing a lake that had been iced over, um, there was, I forgot what it was that like, uh, shit all over the ice, but then the heat from that warmed it up. And so it broke and he drowned. 
Um, but yeah, that's it. I don't know if you have anything else about this guy. No, not really. Yeah. Um, the bulk of our reading then was Harald's saga, Haufagra, which is the saga of Harold Fairhair, uh, sometimes also translated as fine hair. Um, and, uh, you know, some, some general stuff. So he takes over when he's like 10. Um, and so, uh, this man, Guthormer, um, sort of resumes or, uh, assumes leadership in the interim while, uh, he grows up. Um, and I forget if there's any like other specific stuff that, that happens immediately. Um, one of the big things is, uh, Geetha, uh, this maiden who, uh, when he's a little bit older, he goes to like ask to marry him. Um, and she says, uh, that basically she she'll only marry someone who's able to be king over all of Norway. Um, and so then he vows to conquer all of Norway and also not cut his hair uh, until he does that. Um, and then we we get a number of like various conquests, none of which I think uh, fully warrant summarizing. Um, I don't know if any of these particularly no, just, stuck out to you. It is just the uh, effort to consolidate like a bunch of chiefs and kings into an actual like nation kingdom, the way we think of them now. I think is uh, yeah interesting, but that's mostly it. Though it, there's a point like during it's like oh he, she's right, I should just aspire to rule over all the people, and then he goes and does that, and eventually he just he gets married like in the middle of his conquest. Like you know she was yeah. right, but that doesn't mean I I, so I took this as like. I'm going to just, I'm going to take her idea. I don't need her. I just got to, you know, she has a good idea, but I can just move on with my life. I don't need this. Um, and he marries someone else, but he's got all sorts of wives. So he, he comes, he circles yeah. back around and they uh, pick her up too. <laughs> in the Katamari yeah. ball of becoming king. Uh, he's like on his conquest and he's like, just because like, I'm going to marry her when I'm done conquering all of Norway. Doesn't mean that I'm not just going to take a wife right now because it would still be sweet to have a wife. Um, so... Yeah, but what, once he sort of consolidated all of Norway into like a, you know, proto nation state, um, where he's like assigned various earls, there's like this whole taxation system that he has, um, which is going to be kind of significant for the, the next saga and how things go down. Um, it's also kind of significant to like all of his sons eventually being upset with him. Um, but yeah, basically everybody is like collecting taxes, but then has, has to give a portion to him. Um, and uh i forget who his first wife's like what her name even is um he he ends up having so many um but yeah then there's uh him going and fetching geetha yeah um and then right after that it's like oh well now he has two wives um and it's like actually he had many wives and many children he married ragnar hilder uh the daughter of king Eriker of Jutland. Uh, he also married Ragnhildr the Powerful. Uh, their son was Eriker Bloody Axe. Uh, further still, he married Svanhildr, the daughter. <laughs> uh, he just has, like, tons of kids. And it's, like, basically every uh, primary, like, you know, large region that he conquered. It seems like he just has a wife there with kids. Yeah. Um, and then I go, uh-oh, that's too many kids. That's too many boys uh, when you're a king. Yeah. Yeah. Um... 
so uh we get a little bit uh so oh after all of the marriages and stuff we learn that um you know once he'd consolidated all of norway under his rule uh he then finally cut and combed his hair and so before this uh they called him lufa uh, Haraldir Lufa, which is like unkempt or like slovenly or something like that. Um, and then here's where he gets fair hair. Um, so, uh, cause he, he still has like long hair, but he like cuts it and cleans it and everything, which he hasn't been doing up until this point. Um, uh, we also get this, uh, little interlude with, uh, Snyfreather, um, who also I think shows up in, the saga of the people of the Orkneys, um, Orkneyinga saga, um, as like a, a character. So there's more about her in another saga if we if we ever wanted to read about her. Um, but she's basically like a, a Sami. Um, I don't think it calls her that in this, but she's like sort of native Finn, um, which would be Sami, uh, sort of you know with modern language. Um, and basically like bewitches him um and then dies and like for three years he still like sits with her and everything um and then finally the the spell is broken when thorlivir the wise uh shows up again um and uh frees him of the sorcery and they like lift up the the corpse and then there's like suddenly a, a horrible odor um and then when they burn her on the funeral pyre, there's just like worms and adders and frogs and toads. She just and, turns into Oogie Boogie yeah. from Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did just enjoy this as like, because so much of this is just like the the process of like uh, conquest and like politicking and stuff. Mm. And then you just get like this weird interlude of like uh, witchcraft and um, like almost this small version of like uh broader myths that exist of uh like Oshin um and Neve, the the uh queen of Tirnadog, where he like goes and then uh spends like three hundred years with her and, and thinks it's only three years. Uh, and then when he wants to go back home, she's like, Don't set foot on the soil of Ireland because then suddenly you will age and then he like stumbles and falls and dies instantly because now he's three hundred years old. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, we we get like a fun little version of that uh, in the middle here, which I enjoyed. Um, and then uh, the sons that he had with uh, Snyfrithir like are sort of a, a an additional thorn in his side for some of this. Um, and then I think really the the final like uh, important thing is just. You know, he has too many sons. Yeah. Um, he has way too many sons. Uh, and so he's like, well, when I die, I'm going to divide it up between, uh, I think it's three of them. Um, the thing before that is he has so many sons that, like, it undermines the rule of, like, all of the, like, regional, like, earls. Because the sons, are, like, uh-huh. inherently have, like, kingly power. Um, but there's so many of them. There's like one per region, basically, like you said, and they just run afoul of local governments. Like, who? What's the pecking order here? And he goes, "Uh, my sons are above the earls, but below me," which doesn't make anybody happy. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that that's an additional part that's causing all the uh, issues here. Um, 
but then yeah, uh, Eric or Bloody Axe, and then two of his other brothers. Um, I forget the two, but they're like the main ones who are supposed to partition up all of Norway. Um, when he dies, um, and uh, then before his like actual death, we get the um, the birth of King Hauken the Good. So he has with I think he had another new wife. Um, he has a, a son named Hauken. Um, and the important thing to know about him so far, other than that, he's going to be the guy for the next saga, um, is, uh, King Aethelstan of, um, England, uh, is kind of getting into like a friendly rivalry with King Haraldir. Um, and so he sends the sword to King Haraldir. Um, and as soon as like, uh, Haraldir like grasps the hilt, then he's like, you know, you've, you've received this, uh, by like holding the hill, you've made yourself a liegeman to, to the, uh, to King Aethelstan. Um, and Haraldir, we, we learn here, which I feel like makes sense with a lot of the, the rest of like, uh, his politicking and stuff is that even though he, uh, might have like, a, a temper underneath. He's very good at like controlling that and, uh, approaching things dispassionately. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't like immediately blow his lid. He goes and talks to his friends and they're like, come up with this plan of like, we're going to let the emissary go back unharmed. And then later they send a, a messenger to Aethelstan, um, along with Hauken, his like young child at this point. Um, and the messenger puts the child on, on, uh, Aethelstan's knee, which is like a gesture that symbolizes like the adoption of like fosterage. Um, and as we've learned in previous sagas to like foster another man's son is to be below him. Um, and so when the king's about to like, uh, kill Hauken, uh, the messenger's like, well, you did adopt him. He's your son. You can do as you choose with it. Um, and then leaves. Um, and I think we get here that, uh, yeah, uh, King Aethelstan baptizes Hauken, so he's going to grow up to be a good Christian boy. Um, important thing to know about him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then King Haraldir dies, um, and uh, Eriker kills both of his brothers, uh, Olivier and Sigrothur, so he can try and be king of all of Norway. Um, I think that's about it. Yeah. Um. And I think also people are still kind of displeased with the whole taxation system. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. That kind of is a truism of all times, all cultures, I think. No one's ever happy about taxes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and especially at this time where it's like, what are you even doing with this? (laughs) Yeah. You're just like building a cool house, uh, for yourself or whatever. Um, so... Uh, but yeah, that, that's, I think, the rough and dirty synopsis of, of his saga. Um, oh, also in here, a bunch of people get, uh, really pissed off and they, they flee to a bunch of areas. Um, some of them, because people will be like, uh, raiding the mainland mm-hmm. from there, like they'll be raiding Norway. Um, Haraldir eventually goes out and like drives them further away. And so this is like really where you get like the settlement of, uh, Iceland in particular, mm-hmm. um, is sort of the big one that people go to. Um, yeah, we've run across But also like a, an increasing side. spread to like, uh, Ireland and Scotland and, uh, the Hebrides and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, uh, too many sons is, is really the main thing here. Yeah. I mean, if he hadn't put them like right under him in like the way responsibilities divvied up in the country, I feel like it would have been chiller, you know? Yeah. Because then it'd be a little bit easier to have like, oh, well, the eldest son or whatever. Yeah. But now like everybody kind of has power, you know? Yes. Um, you made too many people middle management. Yeah. And now everyone thinks they should be the president of the company. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, overall, though, that, that's about it for the saga. Yeah. I don't have too much else. I thought it was a fun read. No. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, uh, pleasant. It was, uh, a little long for what it was, I feel like, but. Yeah, there was definitely uh, some chapters of just, like, going around and bringing various uh, kings and earls under his, his control mm-hmm. uh, that dragged on. But um, I do feel like compared to some texts, uh, and I mean, we've been reading, like, some generally good sagas. Uh, I do feel like there's still some, like, good characterization and uh, dialogue and stuff here um in a way that some can be like very dry and and straightforward so mm-hmm. um oh we also got the the blood eagle um yes right this is one of the things yeah. i like i mean i i think i learned about this from uh hannibal lecter books oh yeah that would make sense yeah yeah um it was like a a kind of horrific way that they would kill people um, where when someone was still alive, you would like cut their back along the spine basically, and then pull their lungs out through the back. Um, yeah. Which sounds awful. Um, yeah, but also it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blood Eagle is a great name for it too. Yes. Uh, it's very evocative of. <laughs> I, I, I've never seen someone's lungs outside of their body, like compared to their body. I assume they're not that big, uh, would be my guess. Yeah. They gotta go inside you. They're you know they're just sacks of air. Um, yeah. So I bet it would be a little unimpressive, you know. Yeah. What do you? What do you? Implies that they're like huge, like big fuck off angel wings. They're not. They're like they're like goofy, cartoonish, like pigs fly wings. Yeah. I guess I'm I'm looking at like an image of this. So part of it is like the rib cage was also pulled uh sort of out. Oh, 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 okay. This would take some effort. Yeah. Um I feel like I you mean, don't just do this. I guess you're to not like... concerned about Yeah. <laughs> you're not concerned about the damage you're doing when you're doing this, right? So it's fine. Yeah. Well, and I feel like this is also a thing that you don't just do to, like, uh, torture the person that you're killing. Yeah. But that also, like, uh, this is probably a thing to, like, you know, make people, like, instill fear in other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, um, there's, uh, <laughs> these Wikipedia, these links on the Google image search is like, the grisly torture method of Vikings. It, this is not a, this is an execution method. This is not a torture method. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They're not coming back from this one. <laughs> I feel like torture method implies that there's at least like some chance of living through it. <laughs> yes. Um, 
you know there's some really tacky any, like, tattoos people have of this having being on their back um oh boy oh that sounds really tacky <laughs> very poor taste <laughs> oh yeah i'm seeing it um yeah that's a lot <laughs> um uh, as always, viewer discretion advised if you uh, go searching for this, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Most of it is just like drawings and things, but um, still. Yeah, it's still someone's <laughs> it's uh, graphic. rib sticking out where they have no business sticking. I don't yeah. mind, uh, but some people <laughs> might mind. Yeah. If you have a certain tolerance for horror, it's fine. But yeah. Um, yeah. um I think that's about it for the saga, though. Yeah. Um, I've been, especially since a lot of these are like one, you know, one episode, one saga. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't been taking a ton of notes on what happens in them. I figure we can summarize it. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty. This just being like an Annals of Kings kind of thing uh, kind of narrows the focus down quite a bit, I feel like. Yeah. Um. But we'll we'll see how we get on with it. Uh, I still feel like we can always pull the plug and like skip some sagas if we need to. Yeah, I'm having um, a good time. I mean, but, it's nice to see the other yeah. end of this because we've seen so many people be like, "We left because that guy was an asshole," uh, and I'm like, "Ah, I mean, yeah. he was, but not like extremely, right?" <laughs> yeah. Um, it'll be fun when we get like some of the like the Olavs who showed up and things, you know? Yeah. Like when we get like kings we know. Um, so, uh, otherwise I've just, I've watched a lot of Gundam. <laughs> Tell me about Gundam. Um, like, so we recorded, uh, Wednesday last week, which was like the first day that Emily and my kid went to Michigan. Uh, so I was just like home. Oh, right. You're living the, like, single shut-in life for this weekend. Well, now, now, you know, uh, Emily and my kid are back, but, yeah, in yeah. that interim, there there was that period, so, um, I'm on, like, let me, let me just double-check this. Um, I've watched so much Victory Gundam, is really the thing. Um... Uh, one of my favorites. Not... It, at this point, yeah. it's like, I think it's God, probably like three or four. I don't remember where it was last time I got on rankings. There are many Gundams ahead of Victory Gundam, but in many ways it is nearest and dearest to my heart because I think it's like crunchy and weird in ways that I like turning over in my mind. Yeah. So I watched uh, today. I watched episode 22 and 23, which means I'm almost halfway through. Um, And okay. I, I am not going to move through like the second half at the clip that I did this. No. Because now I have like a kid who I have to like put to bed and everything. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, I, I watched through a lot of victory. Um when you have to explain to your toddler that the Zanskar Civil War actually happened entirely off screen. It doesn't actually like get addressed. You just have to kind of pay attention that it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been enjoying it so far. Um, I, I like, 
instantly in a way that often doesn't happen with like the Gundam mm-hmm. uh in a show um just like instantly was like oh this is a really cool suit i would like to like have a you know kid of this and stuff um usually it like builds on me uh mm-hmm. cuz otherwise i'm just like it's it's the like granddaddy it's the rx78 too like that's that's the gundam there are other ones that are cool but like that's it you got to you got to win me over uh, uh, i got to spend some time with this guy I really like the idea of like really doubling down on the modular nature of the suits. Um, you know, we got boots for days. Uh, we only have yeah. like three core fighters, but we got so many boots. Don't worry. Use the boots. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you say this on like an episode of, uh, of GGP, but it does just feel like, oh, like, this is the first time that there's like a big modular design where you have like the different parts that, co- that come together where it just makes sense as like an actual practical design that you would do for these things. Yes. Um, whereas like I love the core fighter, but like just having this like piece of the torso and that's what like the the person rides in and then you like can eject the like whole arms with the weapons and the head and everything. Mm. Um all of that being like one thing, like the cockpit and the head and the arms, and then having like the boots be this, you know, more disposable part. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the first time that that stuff is, has felt very, um, it, it feels like biz- at once bizarrely toyetic and also like the most realistic design. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is great. I love how it's like perfectly writing that line. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. Uh, I've been enjoying the Shrike team, although the it's ridiculous. But um, <laughs> I, I just like I don't even know what to ask that isn't like an obviously leading question about what's going on where you are in Victory because you know I watch these shows once yeah. and I have a good idea of all the things happening in Victory, but not what's happening right where you're at. Yeah. Um. They went to space like not too long ago. Um, okay. We got those like great episodes of going to space. Um, oh, right. Are, yes. I think we're some of my favorite. Yeah. Um, it, like just has great little moments too of like, um, you know, uh, well, Asher Chronicle, um, asking Katagina, like, uh, you know, how are you acclimating? And like, oh, I'm fine. And then she like tries to get up and just doesn't know how to move. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's fantastic. But, um, Katagina may be my favorite Gundam character up there. Um, I feel like I haven't gotten a ton of her yet. Yeah, no, so. I, don't worry about it. You, yeah, I feel like it's one of those like full flowerings of time things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you met Duke or Eek yet? Uh, I assume you've met Duke or Eek by now. Yeah, okay. not like a lot of. Uh, no, Duke-Greek, but he but... showed up in the powdered wig in the clip show and went, what if bikes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that part is fantastic. Uh, look at this bicycle. It drives terror into the hearts of all who see it. <laughs> I love it. So much. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I, I guess like the most recent thing that happened is so when they first go to space, like Uso helps out that one um, soldier that he meets. Mm-hmm. Uh and then we got the like confrontation with that soldier again, where he's like, "I'm going to teach you the like, oh right, you yeah. know, defend yourself when you have a chance or whatever." Um, and now we've got the the weird—I forget the name of it. It's like a insect 
Mac in space. Yeah, I know which one you're um, talking about. I don't remember the name yeah. of it. Um, Uso is a very nice boy. Unfortunately, he's in a really awful situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, just the, like, the most explicit. We just put a kid in this thing. Yeah. <laughs> the show is done. Yes. Um, and, like, the only person who, like, objected to that, uh, kind of Gina fucking skipped out when she realized what way the wind was blowing. She's like, no, these guys aren't gonna do shit about this. They like that the kid's in the robot. Fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll say one one sentence, and then I won't say any more about this. Uh, okay. I think the people who made Iron Blooded Orphans really like Victory. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. That's exciting for me. Yeah, I really like Victory. Um, Victory um, is like I feel like people always bring up Tomino being really depressed and like whatever. I, I, I fundamentally don't give a shit. Um, for me, it's just the amount that it goes really hard in like really doubling down on the the tensions that Tomino's always had in his work about like gender and parents and children and just like puts it all on the page and it's a fucking mess it's a train wreck all the time but like just seeing it like become the text and not just like a, an, er- an energy that lingers like a you know ghost parade ghosts over the proceedings i think gives it a, a verve that is lacking from a lot of the other gundam even in uc where like the gun where it's still tomino making good gundam and not every other fucking show we've watched uh, yeah um and some people I are mean, totally so- repelled by the the amount of gender and i understand that um because not all of it's good some of it is outright bad um but i just after sitting through fucking Zeta, which is all of the same stuff, but like really buttoned up about it, it's nice just like barf it all out on the screen. Like here it is. Look at it and sift through it because this is all I've got. Yeah, I do feel like uh, so far watching through Victory and again, I'm not even quite halfway through yet, mm-hmm. uh, but it has like uh, of all of the other Gundam that I've watched from Tomy now, uh, Zeta is the one in particular that like I feel like I like slightly less now just because I have this instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, like some of the stuff I was enjoying in Zeta, I, I just feel like uh, I'm actually enjoying more here. Mm-hmm. So, um, but Double Zeta is still fucking fantastic in my heart. I love I love every episode of it. <laughs> Not a bad I, one in the uh, bunch. I would not go that far. I like Double Zeta a lot. Don't get me wrong. It's really good. Um, I The only reason First Gundam, like, often rises above Double Zeta in my rankings these days is because, um, fucking look at it. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Uh, it's hard to beat a thing that looks like that. Um, and uh, I care a lot about the aesthetics of watching an anime. Um but um double zeta is really good. i mean i was i was getting emotional thinking about double zeta's first ed last night i was like man yeah it is like that the times they are crying <laughs> um yeah nothing stuff could could do like the specific new type imagery if they if they really wanted to do that that happens in like the original series but it's still Mm -hmm. not going to hit the same way because it's not going to be like weirdly blending into just the way that the show normally looks because like part of what makes that stuff hit so much is that like the the animation style is such that like uh the way that backgrounds are being used and everything anyway it just like subtly builds up to oh 
like you were just doing like red behind and it seems slightly weird that like the white highlights are red now but now you're just having like ocean waves crashing and stuff like <laughs> all of that is like a part of just the the whole way that that series is animated um in a way that like only of stuff that i've seen like dunbine gets closest to and dunbine yeah. is still in like a halfway point yeah um but I mean, the answer is we, uh, some... we got to go back and watch more 70s anime. That's clearly the answer, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like some of the stuff with the aura uh, powers in, in Dunbine just get like weird and psychedelic in the same way. Yeah. Um, and in the way that is just like ingrained in the way that the animation is being done. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you mean you're that... not you're not popping for Stella projecting her ghost body at Shin? The fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh. the the thing is like like jackson is always trying to do like a, a really good job of like here let me try and do what i can do with what was what has been given to me by this show mm-hmm. um it's admirable and, honestly because jackson yeah, knows it, <laughs> uh how little i am uh interested in doing that <laughs> Yeah, and it, it's admirable, and it's like I sometimes feel that like uh slight urge to try and do it, but I just know how much the series will, will like, especially Destiny in a way that Seed didn't. Like Seed was still bad, but I felt like there was enough coherence that like I could start reading into something and have like some faith that like yeah, it's gonna forget all about the like whale on the moon or whatever, but like there's still some stuff that it's gonna like try and be consistent with. Mm-hmm. Whereas this just is all over the place. Like Destiny goes all over. Where even when I start getting interested in something, I'm like, I don't believe that the show is gonna follow through on any of the fucking stuff it's doing. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah, I I can't ever be invested in it. This broke for me like many episodes ago, and I just can't. I yeah. I cannot rub together my neurons enough to generate interest in this thing when they have not bothered to do any of the work uh yeah ghost divers is structured to be like six to eight episodes for a reason which is that i like talking about episodes like in uh, connection as like themes develop over arcs (laughs) see destiny does doesn't do that and so it just like breaks my ability to do criticism for it yeah (laughs) other than being like this is bad so the thing is i could do what jackson's doing um it, it's really easy to fall into the trap i could spin in circles and ask what they mean by uh you know all the weird eugenics and all of the gene therapy and all of the political intrigue and all the, what the factions represent but i don't think the people writing the show have come to any conclusion so all i'm doing is chasing my own tail and i have better things to do than waste that energy on a show that i dislike so much yeah um, I had a, a moment where I was trying to figure out, like, almost like this check of myself, like, if I just, like, written this off too much. Uh, and so I, I really tried to deep dive and find scholarly articles about Seed Destiny to see if I could find anybody making coherent arguments about it. Yeah. Um, and there's one that I'm still waiting to, like, figure out, like, any of what this is, but it's also difficult because it's, uh, in Japanese. So I'm having to, like, work with, like, machine translation, uh, aside from the, the abstract, which is in English, um, as, and, like, stuff like that. But, there's this one where at least the abstract is talking about how like the idea of the end of history doesn't like, hasn't fully taken root as like a, a concept in Japan in the same way that it has in the like, Oh, that makes sense. I mean, that makes a lot of sense given the fucking economy of nineties Japan. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, and is also making an argument that some of it is like that there is a different concept of like, uh, eschatology in Japan because it's like based on, um, you know, like Shinto and Buddhist beliefs of like cycles and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so there's not like the same apocalyptic idea that exists in like Christian thought. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of the end of something is also just like different there and so it's talking about that in relation to see destiny and like the end of see destiny and i just keep waiting for like anything pointing towards this and i still haven't gotten anything but i have like this one seed that i'm like it, oh this one something... seed destiny yeah yeah <laughs> no pun intended thank you very much <laughs> uh but i have this i have this little thing in my head that i'm like occasionally just thinking about like mm -hmm. when is this going to become about the end of the world <laughs> um I but, mean, they they shut down Earth's capacity to produce electricity last show. They forgot about that. Uh, they dropped 8,000 axes on the Earth. They forgot about that. So our, maybe we're already living in the end of end of end times and we just no one's noticed. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I got like, not like mad, but just annoyed at the like Psycho Gundam slash Sazabi slash like eight other things yeah. that uh, Stella was in. Yeah. The Destroy um, Gundam. Yeah. The Destroy Gundam. <laughs> I was like, you're just doing too many things. Yeah. You just. <laughs> it can't be like every mobile armor that's ever existed. <laughs> I think you'll find that they did, in fact, do that. Unfortunately, it sucked. Yeah. Or you at least have to do something interesting with it then. Oh. If it's every mobile armor that's ever existed, but <laughs> they will not do that. Yeah. Um. Oh. Anyway, that's too much about Seed Destiny. Um, yeah. Objectively worse show than anything else. How's G Gundam going? Uh it's fine. Where are you at? <laughs> um. So for G Gundam, I am 10 episodes from the end. Oh, you've seen my favorite episode. Uh, which one's that? Um, let me get the full title because I don't want to like mess it up. It's really important that we get the whole uh, episode uh, title because these have the goofiest titles in the world. Yeah. Um, it is uh, episode 31, Dazzling Power of the Clown, Get Mad Gundam Maxer. <laughs> yes yep yeah i have seen that one um that's which, great uh, is genuinely a fantastic episode if g gundam was like that all the time it'd be a great show <laughs> yeah um there are like moments where where it's enjoyable yeah. i just think you that... see the show it could be right that's the thing that makes me mad yeah. about g gundam is i'm like there's the stuff here to make a good show you just kind of faffed about forever yeah um and it is just like, uh, truly in a way that like few other Gundam shows do, uh, mm -hmm. where I'm just like, you can just so easily get like the better thing elsewhere. Yes, yes you can. Like, Imagawa's made the watch... better thing multiple times. <laughs> yeah. I could just watch Pokemon and get like the fights here. Yeah. But with like cute little guys who I care about more. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you want the cool, sick robots doing martial arts, giant robos right there. It's really fucking good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think it was when I watched uh episode thirty one, dazzling power of the clown, get mad, gun of Maxter, <laughs> that I tweeted. But once you recognize the secret reason for Chibity Crockett's four milfy mommies, you'll feel ashamed of your words and deeds. 
because um, <laughs> the the whole backstory for him and stuff is great. Oh, you're watching the dub too, right? Yeah. So that has maybe the most insane choice ever, which is the song that his mother sang to him is fucking yes. America the Beautiful or whatever, which is not the case in the Japanese origin. It's yeah. just an insert song. It's a nice song. Yeah. And when I when I, when I watched this, someone's like, you gotta watch the dub, and I I I yelled. I was so beside myself. I, I lost it. <laughs> Chimney Crock is a fucking uh, hero. I love him so much. Yeah. <laughs> what a dumbass. Um the the one part of the show that slightly works on or that is like tapping into a certain nostalgia that I have for like this era of anime um mm. is that Alan B like kind of works for me even though she's just girl yes. Domon. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but uh um, her Gundam's cool and uh the weird berserker thing is like peak 90s anime to me. Yeah. Um and they just like have her her hair moving around a lot when she moves, which is just fun. It's like a thing I like about nineties anime is the way that they do nineties anime hair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, I just like her as like a design and the berserk thing as just like a, a ridiculous thing. Even though, I, in terms of what her character is, is like oh yeah, Domon again, yeah. <laughs> the, the nothing character, yeah. uh, but girl this time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, talk about nothing characters. Like, Argo's right there. He's He, he might as well not exist. He's oh. a seat filler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Argo is worse than Domon. Yeah. I care more about Domon than Argo, which is yes. saying something. Yes. Um, um, yeah. The, the, num- the, the amount of the characters I care about in order is uh, obviously Chibity Crockett and his four mommies. They yeah. come along with Chibity Crockett. Can't yeah. separate them. Um, then Foon Psyche. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a fucking horse? If you haven't seen G Gundam, it's like he's yeah. a horse. Uh, yeah. And then Alan I think B. the last like episode, I watched multiple episodes today because uh, I just want to be done with the series and start doing the dub of yeah. Gundam Wing. Um, yeah, because I just like know what the show is now. Yeah, you know. Yes. Um, the, the final episodes not, are really cool, but yeah, you know what the show is. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like getting that much more. Yeah. Uh, but um. Yeah, it was like the last episode I watched or like one of the the last, you know, two or three where um you get the the horse like going through the little putting on the armor and then you get like the unfolding mech of the horse. It was great. <laughs> uh it was a great little sequence. Ah uh, yes, it's good. Um, I wish I liked Master Asia more. Um Yeah. I just don't. Short Spruder's all right. He's all right. He's a German um, ninja. Yeah. He does just have the same name as Darth Vader. Yes. <laughs> um But yeah. It's it's like such a nothing show, which is kind of nice because I can just put it on very easily in the background when I'm working, even if I'm like busier. But mm-hmm. um Whereas, like, I feel like when I move on to, to Gundam Wing, it will be a little bit more like, oh, you know, here's a time where I have a little bit more downtime. I'm just, like, you know, moving around boxes in a spreadsheet or whatever. Yeah. Um, th- I will say, not in any- Gundam Wing's defense, something's always happening in Gundam Wing. <laughs> yeah. Things are never not happening in Gundam Wing, to its detriment, many times. <laughs> um. 
I I am excited to to finally get around to it because mm-hmm. it's like towards the very end of my my journey through Gundam mm-hmm. again, uh, being the thing that I started on. Yeah. So, um, I have so much more affection for Wing than I do like G or C. Like we were we were pretty hard on Wing when we watched it because I do think it falls apart really badly. But um, there's guys, you know, there's. G Gundam yeah. Seed, especially just a dearth of guys. You need some people you can root for. Yeah, I I think like my enduring like memories of like I ve- I remember very little of what happens in Gundam Wing. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember some of the suits though because there are some cool suits, mm-hmm. and like I remember like Hero Dewey or uh, Duo uh, Quatra, um, Chang, um, Troa. I remember all those guys um, as just like, yeah, those are good. Like, I see those guys and I'm like, oh, yeah, those are my guys. <laughs> um, have not seen this show in it in so long. Yeah. You're, um, you're not Trey's gang pilled yet. Yeah. You're not a friend I'll of I'll probably get there. <laughs> I'll probably get there. Um, yeah. And then just uh, like, I I remember that I liked Endless Waltz more than the show. Yeah, I, I love Endless Waltz. Wing, I have, like, but fun like, with, but... Yeah, but, like, not in any way that I remember why, other than, obviously, it's, like, better animated. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember it being more than just, this looks better. Yeah. Um, But I don't really remember why. Because it's stupid. You know? <laughs> and more yeah. Gundam should be stupid. <laughs> That's my answer. <laughs> uh, I'd like Gundam a lot more if it just, like, went for something dumb and had fun. Gundam is uh, see Destiny for all of the stupid things that are happening is so fucking self serious all the time. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh. Um. And yeah, the the main I remember uh, you know the Wing Gundam, uh, Death Scythe, um, Shenlong. Uh, wait until you realize Wu Fei just I... has Sai Sai C's Gundam. They just took the same. They just took. Oh, what do we do? A Chinese Dragon Gundam? Let's fucking go and put it in the, in the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they had one um, idea. Uh, Japan loves to do the one idea to China and Chinese people. <laughs> yeah. There's one that I I'm like, it's not the Leo, but I think that is another tall geese. That's the other one Man, that yeah. I I know on site, but I don't remember the. I was losing the name of. Tall geese um, is cool. That's a cool robot. Yeah, that was one of the first gunplay I had was tall geese. So all the robots you remember from Superior Defender Gundam Force, one of the best Gundams. Yeah, <laughs> I do genuinely love that a lot. Yeah. Uh, we were we were on our patio tonight because we. It's nice out, so we're eating dinner out there. Um, and my kid wanted me to draw with chalk, and I was like, "What should I draw?" Uh, and so it was SD Gundam Force characters. It was it was Haro. I mean, uh, <laughs> I think I think SD Gundam Force what was it fifth or sixth in our rankings when we did. The, I don't think that's moving. I SD Gundam Force is a great show. Yeah, um, it's definitely going to be high up in my rankings as well. Yeah. I mean, nothing's going to beat turn A, but that's, that is what it is. It's unfair. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. unfair. <laughs> what are you going to do? It's turn, turn A is so good. It lasts like 
two episodes are fucking incredible. They're not even the best episodes of the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I also read a lot of Berserk, but... Uh, yeah. I mean, you're yeah. uh, having a rough time with Berserk, I feel like. I The thing is, I'm just enjoying it, but like... Uh, in a way you. where... Yeah, it has, it has not wowed me in any way. Yeah, um, Everything that I'm enjoying about it, I get better elsewhere. Uh, and there definitely are just, like, multiple chapters that will be just fights, and I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're allowed. So. Um, probably also part of why I uh, am not always vibing with uh, G Gundam is... There's sometimes just like, well, this is just going to be a fight episode with like very little plot, and I just don't care. <laughs> if the fights are cooler mm. in G Gundam, I'd like it more. Um, yeah, I've watched hundreds of episodes of Dragon Ball, and I'm not sick. If there was more Dragon Ball today, I'd be watching. I'd be crying every time Goku's on screen. Um, because I love Dragon Ball. The fights are good. If the fights are good, I don't care how many of them there are. <laughs> um, I think the thing for me is that like. Uh, when it comes to fights and and that kind of stuff, it's like, uh, if you're drawing it in a manga or you're like animating it, mm. I, I, I'm not like that any more excited about it being a fight than if you also like did a really good, like uh small gesture that would convey some sort of like emotion like there's craft in there and i can appreciate that but i don't care about the fight itself i more just care about like oh how is it animated or like what is it you know i think and there, often if it's there, con- there conveying something stories where i don't agree but generally yes i think i i don't think fights are inherently superior to things that are not fights obviously no yeah. given my taste i think that's a thing that most people would believe that i believe it's true um but like I think about them. There's certain fights in like anime and, and manga where I think about them and I just get fucking hyped because I care about the characters and the some characters are not characters who will talk through their issues. They are going to try to murder each other. And I think there's like a power in watching that play out. But that's inherently yeah. about like character building and establishing conflict and the emotional output of two characters, you know, settling their differences like, you know, Goku and Vegeta as relationship is expressed, their fighting is not that different than like, you know, the Nana's. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, more of it is about the like character work for me. And then, yes. um, the craft of like conveying whatever that moment is. Mm-hmm. Um, if it, you know, be it the fight or the, uh, the small gesture or like the little argument and the body movements involved in that. Yes. Um, so, but like I'm not immune to I love Ghost in the Shell stuff and some of it is just like the action scenes are incredible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh but I also specifically love it when it's like about the body contorting and, and bending and like being destroyed in weird ways. So yeah. um that's what I'm like more excited about than the actual I don't I don't ha- care about the like uh, character build up between, uh, you know, the major and the tank. I care about her ripping her arms off because she's going to rip her arms off trying to defeat this thing. <laughs> yes, I was just um, thinking of that when you were talking yeah. about this. So yeah, and just seeing the like her body shear apart. Yeah, because um, she's a robot and she can do that. Yeah. So, um, but it is incredibly animated and that helps. Yeah. So. 
But I do care about the part where they fucking make uh, Togusa think that the major's been killed. <laughs> with like the with the slight like, fucking sniper shot. Um, and that entirely works because the character build above Togusa just watched his friend die and they were fucking with him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he like almost becomes a terrorist. Because yes. <laughs> he's like left alone for a month. <laughs> Oh, Togus is such a fucking idiot. I love that guy. <laughs> There's a oh, fucking guy. Oh, God. Togus is great. Um, <laughs> the thing about, like, Togus getting a divorce later on yeah. is uh, it is, like, one of the most, like, simultaneously most tragic and funniest things you can do with Togus. Because, of course, he's going to get a divorce. Yes. Um, but... Uh, a, a small thing I, I love in standalone complex is um, where, like, the major goes and looks in on Togusa, like, you know, enlarging the photographs and stuff. And that one with, like, the discovery of the hacking the eyes technology or whatever. Yeah. Um, And makes some, like, small comment about, like, or, like, he calls his wife saying he's going to work late or whatever, and she's kind of looking in on it. Um, And it's like, oh, he's just, like, neglecting his wife to go work. Uh, And then the major goes home, and you're like, oh, she's, like, going to her two girlfriends, and then she just works. And I'm like, they're the same person. Yes. She's watching, watching, like, 20-year-old news footage on her VR headset as her, like, bored girlfriends are just like, come back to bed. Yeah. That's cop mentality. That's why cop fiction's good. It's just someone who lives in hell by choice. Yeah. But that moment always makes me laugh so much because it, like, specifically cuts to, like, her going home. Yes. <laughs> Being like, oh, she's different. She's going to go have, like, wild sex. Nope, she's just also working. She just works from home. Yeah. Bateau's going to go uh, home to his dog. Yeah. Give the dog some food and, like, watch some TV, probably. Man, Innocence is great. I love Sad Bateau. Um, yeah, the Bateau stuff in Innocence is the best. Yeah. Um, but. Otherwise, I mean, what? Basically, where I'm at in, in Berserk is... uh. Sonia got introduced recently. Um, uh, who's like the? Uh, I don't that is oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, she's like the medium for for Griffith or whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Berserk's um, a weird one because, like, I read it so fast and, like, I like it a lot, but, like, there's nothing to say. Like, either it connects to you or it doesn't, but, like, Berserk's not deep, <laughs> right? Um, to yeah. me, uh, it's, I like Farness's weird surrender of her, like, pervert religious fervor. I think that stuff's really good. Like, her whole arc, I think, hits really hard. I love it. Uh, what a sicko. Um, she's fine. I. No one ever told me that uh, Berserk's a story about a cute little witch girl showing up. <laughs> and uh, I love her a bunch. Um, I'd always heard about, like, the fucked up shit. That's mostly, like, I mean, Berserk always is fucked up shit. But, like, that's a story that starts really edgy. And then, like, the creator ages and the things he cares about change. And, I like, going on that journey, I think, is the, the reward for me is seeing someone, like, get over themselves a little bit. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I feel like in general, there's been like there are some chapters that just really hit for me, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I keep reading it. Um, but then it will just be like. I'll I'll read multiple chapters and be like, why am I doing this again? And then I'll hit another one where I'm like, oh, you're doing character work. This is great. What 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 volume are you in again? Um, so I'm getting from the library like the big deluxe editions, okay. um, just because they're they're nice. Uh, but so I'm in deluxe edition ten, which I think is I'm on like twenty nine, maybe. What are the? Yeah, volume twenty nine. Okay. Um, I'm like halfway through. There's just, like, stuff I'm, like, I don't want to, like, talk. Yeah, I don't think you're in some of the stuff I would want to talk about yet. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It only goes up to 41. Okay. You're probably... I just don't know. Because I read it so fast, it's all, like, compressed in my brain, you know? Yeah. So, like, recently there was all this stuff with uh, Shirka and the trolls and, uh-huh. like, the the burning of the forest and stuff. Okay. Um, and then fairly recently we went to the city. Um, and then that's where... Uh, we've got, like, a little bit of stuff there, but... Okay. Um, I feel like there's still, like, another member of the JRPG party who hasn't shown up. Um that like autumn told me about once who's like a mermaid or something um you'll just have to wait yeah I, what's going on with griffith that's my question that's the stuff i want to know about um so so griffith is currently uh i think like around the same city because sonia went and talked to shirka and then like went back to griffith um and griffith and charlotte just reunited okay so that has, that stuff has not kicked off yet. Yeah, there's some yeah. shit. <laughs> there's some shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I can tell that there's like something building there, but um, I do just love any time that Griffith shows up. He's just such a like beautiful bastard. Um, I um I it's hard to say because like it's an unfinished work and it'll, it'll always be unfinished even if someone finishes it it will always be unfinished but like the further on we go the more I'm like I get I sympathize with Griffith's ideals even though Griffith is always a bastard that's not changing yeah um he's great though like genuinely probably my favorite character mm-hmm. um. Uh, Farnessa's mine by like a mile. I think she's great. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty good too. Um, I feel like right now she's like slightly taking this back seat where she's kind of just um, like protecting uh Casca yes. and becoming the uh like or Shirka is mentoring her. Yeah. Um, but it's like it's just started that mentorship where it's like oh like picture this apple. Um, yeah. and you know. Uh, the, the tweet, like, uh, Farnese can't even get the, like, uh, color on the apple, you know? Yeah. Um, how can you, how can you picture an apple? Yeah. Um, so she's not even rotating like eight cubes yet. No. no, no. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, if you're in 10, you're, you're close. You're there's uh, volume 14 is like two volumes and it's not out yet. Like you're almost at the end yeah you are hurtling yeah, so, into the end game of what's what exists of berserk 
Yeah, so I um I actually just placed some holds because I'm uh finished nine and then I was reading through ten um when I went to Michigan over the weekend. Mm. Um but yeah, I have a I have it also just I made this spreadsheet uh, spreadsheet because I'm this person. I think I talked about this on on Puton. Um that's just like let me like figure out am I gonna just have watched through all of Gundam that GGP has done uh by the time that I get to the the destiny finale episode i don't think you have um, time but i'd be, be really funny if you did i think i'm i think i because i'm gonna finish victory yeah um NG. in the spreadsheet uh early may i'll be finishing victory yeah and then i'll start gundam x and i think i will finish it like it's like basically the the you know week before we record okay um and then as soon as I finish uh, G Gundam, I'm going to do Gundam Wing, okay. and those are the the only shows I have left. Okay. So, um, I do have to play uh, Chrono Cross in there, but that's a I don't do that like on lunch or you know while I'm working or whatever. Yeah. I'm dub anime I can watch while I work sometimes. Took my Chrono Cross break, finished your RPG. I was taking a break for, and now I'm going back to it. Yeah. I'm Played excited. an Italia game. Yeah. Like finish that tonight and then I, um, right before recording i was looking up the the like post game stuff and i was like do i want to do this and the answer is probably no yeah um i think my favorite atelier game is still shally um i have not played shally i mean i've played rona and i played this now which was sophie yeah um which um, one is shally is shally that's one of the dusks okay yeah i part of it is i just like the green haired girl Okay. Is that not Shally? Um, Are they Well, they're they... they're both Shally. One um I forget exactly how the names break down. Like okay. one of them's like Shalot and the other one is something else. Okay. Um Uh I feel like you would like the other one though. She's she's big like uh you know, expectations placed upon me. Um I'm like trying to live up to other people's expectations type of girl mm-hmm. that I feel like you would just connect with. Well, unfortunately um, I'm going to play the mysterious games through instead. So I'm, I'm a long way from yeah. dusk. Um, um, of the four trilogies, dusk is the one I hear people talk about the least. So I, it's just not really on my radar so far. Yeah. Um, the, people don't talk about Arlen very were... much either, but I do want to play um Meruru because it's about a fucking spoiled princess uh who wants to be not a princess but an alchemist, and I'm like, that's it, that's the character I want to play a video game about. Yeah, um, Dusk was the the like series that I came in on. Okay, so, um, that one's just like kind of mine. Uh, and I also I like uh Askatologi. Which I think is just a very funny title as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like uh, Aska and Logi. Aska and Logi is weird because, like, I'm curious about it because Logi is in, was just in Atelier Sophie. Mm. Like, there's a guy named Logi. He runs the weapon shop. Um, they don't ever talk about him being another character, but I'm like, that's that's the guy from the other video game. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I also really liked that one. Um, but. I liked Shelly. Like, I liked the characters in Shelly a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, like, the end of the trilogy, so okay. that's why. 
I feel like they like nailed a lot of the systems yeah. that they were doing in that trilogy the most there. Mm. So I uh, um, I really fucking like Sophie. So had a great time. Yeah. Um, but also there's there's an like extended part at the beginning of uh, Aska and Logi where uh-huh. um it's all just about how great it is to like plant apples and then have the apples grow and then eat the apples that you ate. Um. And I was just like, this is this is what video games should be. It's just people talking about how great it is to eat apples. Nice. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I feel like uh, Shelly's the right amount of brat for me for a game like this. So that's mm-hmm. why that's why I like that one and why I like her. I um, I feel like that's not the energy I'm coming to Atelier for. I like that it's just like kind of quiet. Yeah, I mean it's still like quiet and chill. Yeah, but I mean, um, look, I will keep. Uh, there's a lot of them to play. I will go through it in my own time. I'm not going to try to rush. This is not a project, um, but I am curious of playing more of these. I had a great time. Um, but yeah. Ferris will be next if I play another one. Though that uh, remake of Atelier Marie, the first game's coming out this uh, fall, and I might play that. Um, yeah, just for the hell of it. Uh, I'm been... in July. Shit. I've been thinking about trying to play the Ryza games, but, mm-hmm. um, in part because it's just weird to me that it's like all Ryza. Yeah. I think Ryza uh, just really blew up in a way that Atelier had not. Right. So they were just like, we're just making yeah. more of that. Yeah. Uh, it is the, definitely the tipping point though, where I realized that these games have always been kind of like Moe horny. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> In a way that, like, I look at Shallot from Shally and I'm like, oh, yeah, but I just don't even think about it when I play that game. Um, Ravona was the first one I played, and it's mostly really chill. But Ravona has, like, a mentor who's this lady who mostly spends her time threatening, like, the men in the game to not ruin the girl she's grooming as, like, a running joke, right? Yeah. Um, And then Atelier Sophie is about you, you know, a talking book. And it turns out the book is like a spirit of an alchemist from 500 years ago. And you decide you're going to build your alchemist best friend, a a ghost friend, a doll body. And all your party members show up with their skills to make her the like horniest doll body possible (laughs) to put her in. And then you can go on adventures and hold hands and stuff. Um, Yeah, they know. (laughs) Yeah, it's really funny that given all of that, it was the we gave her thick thighs that really set Atelia off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah yeah that was the thing that just really i was like oh it's always been this huh yeah (laughs) um yeah especially the the tight stockings around the thick thighs that's the whole thing yeah um the like figures from it are just criminal i was literally gonna look up the figure of her putting on her fucking weird ass sock have you seen this figure because like Mm, rises rises footwear is unhinged because it's like a leather it's like a leather thing over a like stocking which has like one of those weird foot stirrups here we go i'm sending you this photo of this figure um and you just look at and go jesus christ (laughs) oh god yeah (laughs) yeah they just stack together so many types of weird foot fetish on this character this poor girl yeah Yeah, you have the you've got the foot, you've got the uh you know, tight stocking around the thigh. Yes. Um you've got like the boob on her thigh too. Yes. Um yeah, there's yeah, so she's much also, going she's on. She's the big titty Atelier uh, character, right? Like Yeah. 
Shallot is also this, but in a way that I just didn't register when I first played the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Unfortunately, one of the downsides of doing GGP and Beach House is I now hyper in tune with what creator's weird fetish have they put in this work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Which honestly has little to no relationship to my actual feelings on the work. It's fine. But it is like once you develop the, the sense for it, you can't unsee the Matrix. And uh, that sucks sometimes. <laughs> You you have managed to unsee the matrix with with uh, Cham, and I just think it's I see it. I've um, <laughs> there's weird fetish stuff going on with her. Sure. <laughs> um, at some point, you just make the decision to like set some things aside uh, because I want to enjoy myself, right? Yeah. Like this is the same thing with like I like Pla. I'm not going to think about the some what some of the creators who created oh, Pla yeah. think about Pla. I don't have to do that. It's not it's not required for me to do that. I can just enjoy running around being ridiculous all the time um yeah and sham's also that um and that like i think she's great like i understand that she is like a she's a she's a fucking like daikon pinup character right um yeah and that's that's inherent in the design but i still just think she's super charming and i love it anytime she's on screen and those two things can coexist uh for me yeah i'm fine with that yeah don't worry uh, at no point did i ever think to myself there's definitely no horny going on with sham <laughs> <laughs> the the driving the water one is still the one that was just the most like slapping me and that like normally i'm also like suspending that yeah but i just couldn't that, that one moment. didn't i just didn't think of it because like, um yeah i don't know yeah D- don't think of drowning fetishes don't think of armpits you know these are these are my blind spots yeah. My friends pose grand blue art and like, look at the pits. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking? Who? No, <laughs> nobody's horny for this. Then you find out no millions of people are horny for this. It's fucking Yeah, weird. no millions. I'm not here to judge, but you're fucking weird, <laughs> all of you. Why can't people be into normal things like blood? <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to side with you on this one. You know? It's yeah. It's more normal than pits. I feel I feel comfortable saying that on this podcast because it's nine forty nine at night on a very sleepy Wednesday. I think that's yeah. the end of the podcast. I think I'm yeah, not I going to so. talk anymore about anything now. Where you will find wait, you? Wait, wait, yeah, next week we're going to be covering oh, yeah. uh, Hakanar Saga Gotha, right? Yeah. So um, check that out. So it'll be a little bit shorter than the last one. Yeah. Um, you're like the you and mortar moving are the only podcasts i have on that my week off so i hope you're happy um yeah oh we can also figure out after we record uh if we're it's like up in the air that that one recording if i'm will have to take it off or not okay. i think there's another one where like i won't be able to do it but um we'll keep we'll figure it out uh, episode to episode yeah Okay, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being as long as the website holds. I'm going to be here. I'm not going anywhere else until this one's dead in the ground. Even yeah. then, maybe I, I just wish won't that go it maybe I just won't go anywhere. I wish that it showed me when people replied to my tweets. It only does <laughs> that like thirty percent of the time now. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can find all my podcasts at normalmapping.com, which is where you can find this podcast. Obviously, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, it's Patreon.com/slash/normalmapping. Uh, on next week, it's already in the can, so I was like, oh, next week we have a VoIP life where Molly came through. We just kind of talked about baseball and video games. This is very chill. It's like the most chill VoIP life's been in a minute. 
Um, I'm really excited for people to listen to that. Uh, there's Unreal Mapping coming out next week also about uh, Potion Craft, uh, which will be weird because it's not a, it's like a sandbox game with no story and the mechanics are kind of just like minimal grind stuff. And uh, that's not what we cover. So I think it's going to be a good talk, but it'll be a weird talk. It's very, it's very out of our wheelhouse. I picked it that way on purpose, but uh, that's yeah. it for me. Then I'll be Chrono Cross after that. Yeah, it's like I said, I'm excited. I'm. I, it might be a little late tonight, but tomorrow, going back to Chrono Cross. Yeah. Um, you can find me at Foxfomnia on basically anything. Uh, if I have an account there, that's the name that I use, um, at least for my main account. Um, and uh, I have, like, pinned tweets and you know, on Twitter or co-host. I don't use that much, but uh, I do have a pinned chost uh, that has links to all of my podcasts. Um, if people enjoyed the Gundam talk and they want to hear me talk about more Gundam, we're doing Iron-Blooded Orphans on uh, Ghost Divers right now. Yeah. We um, don't talk about that one because uh, I would have to, like, run away. Yeah. Um, I'm really enjoying it, but I also just have an outlet to talk about it a lot, yeah. so... <laughs> I don't have the All urge of my to talk friends about it either. That, uh, I know their opinion on IBO like IBO. So I expect that when I get to IBO, I like it. I kind of suspect just by the nature of it being so far at the end of my journey, I would like it less than everyone who watched it kind of at the beginning of their Gundam journeys. Um, but that's okay. Yeah. But also you might be coming to it after seeing some just like not good Gundam and be like, oh, nice. We've got like a good one again. Yeah. So. Yeah, like after Build Fighters try and AGE, I'm just like a, a crumb of anything, please, love of God. Yeah. Um, it is funny because people are wrong when they're like, oh, this is the, the one that's actually about child soldiers. Because uh, that's Gundam. That's, that's that's Gundam funny, is that? That's funny. Every <laughs> anime in which there's a war, there's child soldiers. I can't think of one that yeah. isn't. Um, um, but it is the series that slaps you in the face with it. Okay. Um, so, like, I... I I've had to write things in summaries like they are forced to kill all of the child's like enslaved child soldiers. <laughs> so, um, which is very explicit about it. I think that's why people have that opinion. Um, but I'm enjoying it. Um, it's my third time through. Um, also ornate stairwells is back. I feel like we had a pretty good, uh, episode recently. It was, it was um, good. Yeah. Yeah. People should go watch, uh, snake of June. Um, yeah, as like long as they, yeah, are able to stomach set. like erotic stuff. But. Yeah, I have that box set. Oh man, I, I about every ten months, I'm like, I could do for another one of these. <laughs> yeah, oh. um, it's very good, and also, it's not like maximalist in the way that, um, you know, Tetsuo is. Yeah, Tetsuo is just like constantly going all the time, yeah. uh, and so it's nice to see like you can very clearly recognize like his aesthetics, but in like a little bit more of a pared down way. Yeah, the other um, one of his I watched is it, is it called Gun Crazy or is it just my opinion of it? <laughs> um, um, I I know the one you're talking about, but I don't actually remember the name of it. Yeah, I don't remember. Let me find that guy. Okay, his filmography. Yeah. Um. Wow. Is it Bullet Ballet? Is that the one? It might be Bullet Ballet. Yeah. Yes, Bullet Ballet. Um. I uh, that one is also very restrained, but also has like just intense sicko's energy. Um, and it was pretty good. Yeah. Um. I think that's it for for podcasting promo. Yeah. Um, Puton exists. 
Yeah. We talk about Gundam on there. Uh, yes, you do. I get, I yell at you every time it happens. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you yell at us? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't yell at you. I just go, ah, oh, I, I won't respond. And I don't even know Connor, so I can't respond to any of this. Connor um, does not care about me going on about why Victory Gundam is one of the best Gundams. Yeah. Um, so I just, I just express my displeasure at you because that's what we do as a friendship. <laughs> we just express displeasure back and forth. Um, um I think he's feeling the the Gundam fatigue. So <laughs> fucking um, join the club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Here's the thing: you're gonna finish IBO, you're gonna finish She Destiny, and then you can just not watch Gundam for a while if you want to. I mean, I'm still gonna watch it along with GGP. You could take a couple months off if you wanted to. I wouldn't. I mean, I don't. I don't expect my friends to follow along with GGP. I, I'm, I'm like, people should listen to Normal Mapping. That one I feel really strongly about. I'm very, I'm fiercely proud of Normal Mapping. I think most of my friends listen to Voidlift because it's where I tell you about what's happening in my life. I think it's fun. Um, but I don't expect anyone to listen to GGP. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, uh, like, I just want to have also gone on this journey of watching all of Gundam. Yeah. Um, and so. The thing is also like the fact that I have to talk about C Destiny at the end of it makes it worse for yeah. me because I have to like pay attention to it enough to like ha like at least have the confidence that if I'm coming at it being really dismissive that I still did like the amount of work to be able to have that opinion. Uh -huh. Um I still have to be like engaged in a way that like when I've watched other Gundam uh along with the podcast i just don't have to do <laughs> so um two episodes a week uh and i don't have to talk about them that sounds great and then if i want to talk about them maybe i can bully my way on the podcast fantastic <laughs> it's possible yeah yeah you're uh um, more likely than most people to be able to do that so yeah uh Lem is is like trying to knock things over now, so I think we're done. Yeah, um, we'll be back next Wednesday, uh, Thursday, I guess, whatever. And uh, until then, we're out of the podcast. And then we were out of the podcast. <laughs>